Hey, you could be listening to next week's episode right now. Subscribers to But Wait There's More get early access every week. They enjoy ad-free episodes, ad-free archives, and they get bonus episodes every month. Just go to Apple Podcasts and enjoy your seven-day free trial now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I worked for three different advertising agencies in my career. Two were part of large global advertising networks. The third was independent. That shop was a very different experience. There was no holding company lording over the ad agency, no long-distance bureaucracy. That independent ad agency offered a nimbleness conglomerates could never match. As a result, the work ruled the award shows. If you work at an indie shop, you know what I mean. And if you want to know more about what's going on in the world of independent agencies, go to IndieAgency.News. It's the member-led place where independent advertising agencies gather, meet, and grow. And there's an Indie Agency News show every day at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. IndieAgency.News tells you what's happening in the Indie Agency world. Campaigns and agencies are highlighted. Interviews with owners, leaders, and creative people show Indie thinking. One more thing. If you're a marketer, IndieAgency.News is the place to find your next agency. Become a member. Go to IndieAgency.News. And long live Indies. From the Under the Influence digital box set, this episode is from Season 1, 2012. You're soaking in it. I fly a lot between Toronto and Los Angeles for work, and I've had a lot of memorable seatmates. I'm writing this on a flight to LA right now, and sitting across from me is the Fonz himself, Henry Winkler. He's got one of those blue neck pillows on. 
The Toronto FC team just filed by, all wearing their red tracksuits, on their way to play some soccer with Mr. Beckham and the LA Galaxy. I once watched actress Mackenzie Phillips fall asleep into her dinner. I took a business class seat on an upgrade when it was just me and Cindy Crawford vying for the last seat once. She wasn't happy. I watched Donald Sutherland never look up once while a Donald Sutherland movie played. Flip Wilson once borrowed my extra pillow, then proceeded to sleep on the floor between his seats, legs and red socks stuck straight up in the air. But one of my most interesting seatmates was a porn star. His name was Adam Glasser. You might know him by his stage name, Seymour Butts. I recognized him as soon as he boarded the plane. No, I haven't seen any of his films. I recognized him because he had a reality TV series that ran for four seasons called Family Business. On the next all-new Family Business, the reality series that takes a revealing look at the first family of adult entertainment. People from all over want to be in my movies, but this industry is just not for everyone. The show was called Family Business because his Jewish mother and his 60-year-old cousin help him run his empire. The program followed him around while he attended to his growing porn business, Seymour Inc. Glasser is one of the busiest porn producers, directors, and distributors in North America. And Seymour Inc. has made 70 adult films. But Adam Glasser, a.k.a. Seymour Butts, is an interesting guy. We sat beside each other for a five-hour flight and we had a conversation about marketing. In his business, he is a knowledgeable marketer. He completely understands his target market. He took me state by state and described what kind of porn videos sell in each one of them. And that was an eyebrow-raising list, I may add. He told me how he distributes his videos and how he brands his company. A lot of states in the U.S. have very strict laws about pornography. In 2001, Mr. Butts was the focus of an obscenity-based court case because of his 1999 film, Tampa Tushy Fest 1. He eventually pleaded no contest and paid a fine. As a result, he told me his company keeps a law firm on retainer at $50,000 per month to protect him from the inevitable lawsuits his profession attracts. He told me successful porn films show beautiful women having sex with really average-looking guys. And that is the secret to pornography. Beautiful women with utterly normal guys. It's a selling strategy, so everyday men can project themselves into the scene and therefore buy the videos as a result. Needless to say, it was an illuminating discussion. It got me thinking about sex and the marketing of sex. The advertising industry has a long history of using sex as a selling tool. It's always been a contentious technique, and it's been used in marketing going all the way back to the turn of the 20th century. It has outraged feminists. It has been the selling tool of choice for men. It has been used to sell all kinds of products. Sex has sometimes even been used to sell sex and the boundaries have inched a little bit further every decade. It continues to be one of the hottest debates in advertising. Does sex sell? You're under the influence.
sweet baby. The use of sex in advertising is not new. We can trace sex in advertising all the way back to the mid 1800s, but it was an ad for Woodbury's soap in 1911 that is a landmark. Written by the creative director of J. Walter Thompson Advertising, Helen Lansdowne Reeser, the headline stated, "The skin you love to touch." Then, in the 1930s, full female nudity appeared in advertising for the first time, and all bets were off. Yet, advertising is one of the most conservative forces in popular culture. As someone once said, "It's more metronome than trumpet." Though full nudity made its way into advertising in the 1930s, it's not something you see much of in North America. There are exceptions, of course, but not many in mainstream media. Sex as a selling tool is another matter. The Summer of Love in 1967 pushed a lot of boundaries, none more so than sex in advertising. Just listen to this Noxzema men's shaving lotion commercial from that very year. Nothing takes it off like Noxzema medicated shave. Take it off. Take it all off. Nothing takes it off like Noxzema medicated shave. As the 70s ended, one of the most controversial and long-running sexual advertising campaigns began. It was for Calvin Klein jeans. Designer Calvin Klein attended the Fashion Institute of Technology in 1963. He opened his first business five years later in a small, dingy showroom opposite the Elevator Bank in the now defunct York Hotel. One day, a vice president for the upscale department store Bonwit Teller stopped on the wrong floor of the building. He wandered into Klein's tiny showroom by mistake, liked what he saw. And invited Klein to show his samples to the president of Bonwit Teller. Klein didn't want to put his clothes into a cab for fear of wrinkling, so he wheeled the entire rack of clothes uptown by himself and won a fifty-thousand-dollar contract on the spot. Soon, Calvin Klein was inundated with orders. His first foray into designer jeans was a failure, so he revamped the styling by quote. Raising the groin to accentuate the crotch, and pulled the seam up between the buttocks to give the rear more shape. That's the very reason why Keith wears them to this day. Yep. A Times Square billboard showing Keith Richards' future partner Patty Hanson wearing the jeans on all fours, derriere tilted up, caused a sensation. But it was nothing compared to the heat Klein's next television commercial would generate. Shot by Richard Avedon in 1980, it featured Brooke Shields wearing Calvin Klein jeans. But it wasn't so much how she was posing; it was what she said.
You want to know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. Calvin Klein jeans. It raised eyebrows not just because she suggested she wasn't wearing underwear. It was because those words were being uttered by a 15-year-old. On top of that, Brooke Shields brought along built-in controversy because she had recently played a child living in a brothel in the movie Pretty Baby, in which she was eventually initiated into her mother's profession. She was 11 at the time. You'll notice she was whistling "Oh My Darling Clementine" in the ad. I thought it was an interesting choice, so I researched the song. Written way back in 1884, it is supposedly sung from the viewpoint of a bereaved lover who has lost his darling Clementine in a drowning accident. But the song was controversial because a section of the lyric was considered morally questionable. It said, "How I missed her." How I missed her! How I missed my Clementine! But I kissed her little sister. I forgot my Clementine. That subtle undertow and the explicit underage sexuality of the commercial caused a storm of complaints, and the ad was banned from the air by several networks. But Calvin Klein just cried all the way to the bank. Because sales of his jeans surged to over two million pairs a month, generating revenues of over one hundred million dollars inside twelve months, even though Brooke Shields professed not to wear underwear, Klein started to design them. For the ad campaign, he hired photographer Bruce Weber to shoot a male Olympic athlete in provocative states of well-endowed undress. When Klein launched his new obsession perfume in 1985, print ads showed nude men and women, limbs intertwined. Shocking, even by 1980s standards. The TV commercial showed a woman who was the obsession of an older man. She left, and everything golden went with her. Nothing could bring that angel to earth. Drown in her love to save me. To revel in the careless scandal of her walk. The breeze of innocence was life itself. My angel, ashes, all ashes. Was it me? Did I somehow drive her away? There are many loves, but only one obsession: Calvin Klein's obsession. Ah,、oh, the smell of it. Another ad in the series showed the same woman as the obsession of an older woman, and even a twelve-year-old boy. She loved me, and she's gone. Did I invent her? While it could be argued there is an undercurrent of pornography in Klein's advertising, a 1997 campaign brought the issue to the forefront. The commercials showed young people auditioning in a low-rent wood-paneled set, complete with shag carpeting and bad lighting. An off-camera voice flirted with the models.、Uh, pretty blue eyes. Thanks. Where'd you get them from? What's your name? Brandon. How old are you? Twenty. Where you from? Kentucky. Kentucky. Yes. Well, that's where you got the blue eyes.、Mm-hmm. What are you wearing? Can you dance? Ah,、uh, yeah, I can dance. But I mean, that's for you. Why? Oh, I don't want to. The voice sometimes coaxed them to take their clothes off. Are you strong? I'd like to think so. You think you can rip that shirt off of you? 
a nice body. To most, it looked like a bad 70s porn set. You can judge for yourself on our website. But Klein insisted the ads weren't pornographic. Rather, they, quote, conveyed the idea that glamour is an inner quality that can be found in regular people in the most ordinary setting. It is not something exclusive to movie stars and models, unquote. Consumer advocates disagreed. The American Family Association began a massive letter campaign to retailers, threatening to boycott their stores, and Seventeen Magazine refused to carry the print ads. The U.S. Justice Department launched an investigation into whether or not Klein had violated child pornography laws. Under mounting pressure, Klein pulled the ads. But by that time, the controversy had turned his jeans into the must-have item of the season. Calvin Klein's advertising strategy has always been to court controversy and cultural outrage. While many brands in the fashion and perfume categories use sex, Klein owns it. His ads have offended many people, but the resulting sales suggest the use of sex doesn't offend Calvin Klein's target market. In 2010, retail sales of products sold worldwide under the Calvin Klein brand names generated more than $6.7 billion in sales. And we'll be right back. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're enjoying this episode, why not dip into our archives? Available wherever you download your pods. Go to terryoreilly.ca for a master episode list. So, does sex influence purchasing decisions? Clearly, it does. 
and it works on several levels. Sex can be used to gain attention. Few things work as well to attract eyeballs. Sex can be used to sell attractiveness. Everyone wants to feel attractive and sexy to some degree. This is the bread and butter of the fashion, makeup, and fragrance industries. Some ads use sex to suggest you'll get sex as a result of buying the product. Alcohol ads jump to mind. Some ads use sex to sell low-interest products like insurance or hamburgers. But the more intriguing question is, what is it about our psyches that responds to sexual marketing? Good old Sigmund Freud had a few theories on that. Yeah, Freud claimed everything that people do can be linked back to sexual motivations. Yeah, yeah. These motives were not acceptable in society, but Freud felt people channeled their desire to gratify their needs into outlets acceptable to the outside world by choosing products that signify their underlying yearnings. Bingos. That unconscious motives compelled certain purchases. It prompted the famous question, "When is a cigar just a cigar?" Put another way, are high heel shoes just shoes, or are they symbols of sexual preening? Is red lipstick just lip color, or is it a signal of sexual availability? Is a car just a mode of transportation, or is it a symbol of sexual prowess? Sex has also revived dying brands. Abercrombie and Fitch was founded in New York City in 1892 by David T. Abercrombie and Ezra H. Fitch. It catered to sportsmen who liked big game hunting, mountain climbing, and fishing. The merchandise ranged from tweedy jackets to camping equipment to pith helmets to guns, archery, and fishing tackle. Now, does that sound anything like the Abercrombie and Fitch you know today? Not even close. In 1988, the ailing Abercrombie and Fitch was purchased by a company called Limited Brands. It was a parent company to several fashion stores, including Victoria's Secret. So, sex wasn't altogether foreign as a marketing tool. In 1992, Mike Jeffries took over as president. Jeffries had a vision for A and F. And he wanted to appeal to the American teen market, and he wanted the stores to quote sizzle with sex. To rebrand the stores, he brought in Calvin Klein photographer Bruce Weber. The resulting photographs weren't so much cheesecake as they were beefcake. The overwhelming majority of shots were of near naked guys. Most of those photos appeared in a publication called A and F Quarterly. And featured pictures of models wearing A and F merchandise and a fair share of non-frontal nudity. For Christmas 2003, the A and F quarterly cover promised 280 pages of quote moose, ice hockey, chivalry, group sex, and more. The imagery raised the ire of various parent and Christian groups, which accused Abercrombie of using softcore porn in its marketing. Of course. The outrage of parents sent rebellious teenagers flocking to the stores. 
The strategy gave A&F 48 consecutive quarters of profit growth leading up to the recession of 2009, almost unheard of in fashion retailing. In 2011, the once ailing Abercrombie & Fitch posted net sales of $2.8 billion. Clearly, sex sells. And sometimes, sex sells sex. Back in 2010, an erectile dysfunction commercial ran in Australia. The ad showed a middle-aged woman trying to reach a bowl of cookies high up on a shelf. She strains, but can't quite reach. Then, she calls her husband. Honey! Hubby walks into camera wearing a white terry cloth robe. Wife points to the bowl of cookies on the upper shelf. Husband opens his robe. Wife looks down. Her eyes widen. She smiles. Then she uses his erection as a stepping stool, climbs up on it, and reaches the cookies. Q, smiling hubby. And Q, announcer. Solving erection problems is not out of reach. Take the right step towards erection problems. Call or SMS HUD to AMI now. You can see this ad on our website. It attracted the most complaints of any ad in Australia in 2010. Not only that, but the actress, Libby Ashby, was thrown out of her church for appearing in the ad. She would not be reinstated until the ad came off the air. It's an interesting case. When you see the ad, it's actually not overly offensive. As one blogger said, it's a mild version of a Benny Hill skit. The other advertising I've talked about in this episode is much more overt and explicit. But there is a dividing line here. Women can be objectified, but when a penis is brought into the picture, all bets are off. Especially if the penis in question has had the launch sequence initiated. Show a scantily clad woman and you may get a few complaints. Imply a penis and you get the most complaints of the year. You might even get bounced from your church. Sex in advertising never fails to be a flashpoint. One of the most interesting cases has to do with a certain Old Milwaukee beer campaign. For years, every Old Milwaukee beer ad was a variation on the same theme, a bunch of guys fishing or camping, culminating in the tagline, It just doesn't get any better than this. One day, years into the campaign, Old Milwaukee's advertising agency decided to have some fun with the line. The brand was seen as old and tired. So, in a series of ads aired in 1991, we see the same old scenario with a bunch of guys camping, they crack open a few Old Milwaukee's, and someone says, Guys, it doesn't get any better than this. At which point, the announcer tells us the guy is wrong. Walt Smith was wrong. Soon, the Swedish bikini team helicopters in, all blonde, busty, and dancing around with six-packs, which prompts the announcer to say, It most certainly got better. Old Milwaukee and Old Milwaukee Light. It just doesn't get any better than this. Ad agency maintained it was an ironic take on their old tagline and a complete parody of all the TNA cliché beer commercials of the 80s. 
But any way you sliced it, it still put bikini-clad blondes into a beer campaign. Then, the most interesting thing happened. The women who worked for Old Milwaukee sued their own company. They felt the Swedish bikini team advertising not only objectified women, but it was prompting unwelcome sexual harassment on the floor of the Old Milwaukee plant. The lawsuit alleged the TV campaign and the posters of the bikini team on the plant walls were encouraging men to verbally and physically harass the women on the job. Parent company Stroh's Brewery responded by saying they had a very strict and definite policy against sexual harassment in the workplace. But as the women stated in their lawsuit, Stroh's was saying one thing in the workplace and quite another in the marketplace. The law told the men at Stroh's not to treat women as sex objects, while the company ads told them to revel in the thought. Ronald Collins, a professor at the Columbia School of Law, put an even finer point on it. He said that when a single voice degrades women in the workplace, we call it sexual harassment. When that voice is amplified for millions of people, we call it advertising. And there it is. The former was a legal wrong, and the latter is a legal right. Until that profound tension gets resolved, Advertising and sex will always be uneasy bedfellows. In an attention economy, all advertisers want to create messages you'll notice. So they spend millions of dollars trying to figure out ways to slice through the data smog, and many choose to use the power of sex. There's no doubt sex sells. Just ask Calvin Klein. Abercrombie and Fitch was exhumed thanks to sex. On Advertising Age magazine's list of the top 100 ads of all time, only eight used a sexual pitch. Yet, it's estimated 20% of North American ads contain sexual information. There is definitely a reason why sex in advertising works. We are sexual beings, and sex is a subject that never fails to fascinate us. Freud felt we suppressed our darker desires and could only express them publicly in what we buy and wear. Maybe Seymour Butts and Sigmund Freud are actually in agreement on that point, that we project ourselves into sexual situations to fulfill a fantasy. Can you be sexy without being exploitive? Yes. But what's considered tasteful is always in flux. We've gone from the scandal of showing a bare ankle in the 1890s to a sex scandal in the Oval Office 100 years later. No one's ever quite sure where the limits are at any given time anymore, until you cross them, as Stroh's Brewery found out. But that's always been the big question with sex. How far do you go when you're under the influence? I'm Terry O'Reilly.
Harry, it's Seymour Butts calling. I don't know if you remember me. Uh, we sat on a plane together once to Toronto. Listen, uh, I remembered you're an advertising guy, and I need some help marketing my latest movie, Milf Kebab. So uh, I thought this would be right up your alley. Give me a call and we'll talk. Under the Influence was produced by Pirate Toronto and New York. The sound engineer was Keith Oman, who looks quite fetching in his Calvin Klein jeans. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.